Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone. Appreciate you hanging out with us today. Almost halfway through the fantasy season here. It always goes by so fast. We're also a week away from Halloween, which means that we're a week away from the NFL trade deadline. And we've already had a bunch of in-season trades this year, which is so fun. I'm glad teams are making more moves during the season. We've had guys like Cam Akers and JC Jackson, Chase Claypool, Van Jefferson, Miko Hardman. They've all been dealt over the last six or seven weeks. Not the most exciting names for fantasy, I know, but yesterday, Yesterday, we did have a big real-life domino drop. We had the Titans send in safety Kevin Byard to the Eagles. Howie Roseman just continuing to pluck talent away from Tennessee. And the Titans might not be done selling either. So on today's show, I wanted to look at some of the fantasy-relevant players who could get moved over the next week. And our guy Dan Wilkins at The Score, one of our supervising editors, he focuses on NFL, he wrote an article on Monday looking at 25 players who could be candidates to get traded before the deadline. He even did a big board, which is ranking the most interesting trade candidates right now. And since he's been on the show multiple times in the past... I thought it made sense to get him in here, have him highlight some of the names on his list, the guys that could have fantasy implications if they do get moved. So let's bring him in. Wilkie, welcome back to the show, buddy. It's been a minute since we've had you on here. I appreciate you carving out some time on short notice. How are you doing on this lovely Tuesday afternoon as we get ready for the trade market to heat up? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Hopefully we get a bunch of fun trades this year. Yeah, maybe we'll have some trades happen even during the show here. I'll keep my notifications ready. I'll keep checking the phone as we go. But I mentioned the Kevin Byer trade already. Why don't we start with the Titans? Because I've talked about their situation on the show before, even going back to the offseason It looked like they were probably going to be sellers this year, especially since that early season schedule, it was not the easiest for them. And now that's basically come to pass. Plus you have Ryan Tannehill hurt now. So I know that they've suggested that they're not going to throw the towel in on 2023, but the buyer trade, that's got to make you think otherwise. So you have two Titans on your big board. They're older players, but still really impactful names, Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins. Give us the rundown of why you think those guys might get dealt. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the Titans can say whatever they want, but the Bayard trade really did seem to confirm that they're going to sell, and there's really no reason not to at this point, especially if they lose to the Falcons this week and fall to 2-5. and five. Um, They're not going anywhere either way. Uh, you'd hope that you could get more than nothing for an all-pro safety, but the, I guess the Titans really just have a thing for getting fleeced by the Eagles at this point. In, in terms of Henry, he may have lost a step or two from his peak a few years back, but I think you're probably with me in saying that he can still be a really effective early down runner. Um, And his value in that kind of role is only going to tick up for the cold weather games down the stretch and into the playoffs. I think that the Chiefs and Ravens are really the obvious, like ultimate fun landing spots, considering what he could probably do to push those offenses over the top. Um, And I, I also really wouldn't rule out the Browns as like a Nick Chubb replacement because they really should be in the playoff mix with the way that defense is playing. And if I can throw in a bit of a wild card there, uh, this is the kind of move I'd love to see the Chargers make next week if they can beat the Bears and get back to 3-4. and It'd be a nice compliment to the passing attack with some sort of ground game, and Henry would certainly help to that end. Um, That'd move Austin Eckler to more of a passing game role, which I think makes sense for him too, although maybe not for Eckler fantasy managers. (laughs) You mentioned Hopkins as well. You know, his numbers haven't been great this year, but I think that's more about the offense he's in with the Titans. Uh, He still has those big play flashes, particularly in contested catch situations. You know, I don't want to bring up the Chiefs for every single trade candidate like we tend to do every year for any skill position guy that's available. But 
you know, they always end up being a little le- less aggressive than we would like, but they have to be the best fit here, right? Yeah, especially uh, they need a receiver. I mean, it's clear. Like, Rasheed Rice is coming on a little bit here, but how great would it be if we brought in a, a savvy veteran like Hopkins to play in that offense? It'd be fantastic for them. Yeah, just uh, they, they've never really had that downfield ball winner on the outside that I think could take this offense to the next level. So, you know, the Chiefs, we saw it this week against the Chargers. The offense really seems to be kicking it to, into high gear now. You add a guy like that and it really puts you over the top. Yeah, and one of the things going back to Henry too is I agree with you that he's been on the decline, but it's really hurt him that that Titans offensive line has just been terrible, right? So if you can put him on a contender where there's going to be positive game scripts and they're going to have a better offensive line, and I think almost every single team you mentioned has a much, much, much better offensive line than the Titans do, that could really help mask some of what's hurt Henry so far this year and even going back to last year which is that Titans offensive line just being really terrible. I will also mention, though, as a team, and this is not me being a homer, but I will mention the Bills as a possibility for both of these guys. I could see either of them ending up in Buffalo, and we saw earlier today Buffalo restructuring some contracts, getting a little extra money there. Maybe that's them setting up a potential trade that could happen. I don't want to get too ahead of myself on that one, but that could be an exciting move for the Bills, too. I'm going to spoil things going forward here because we're going to talk about a lot of teammates. Uh, The first was the Titans. The next is two Giants players. You have Saquon Barkley and Darren Waller on your list. And it's been a rough go of it for the G-Men this year. I don't think a lot of that blame falls on Barkley or Waller. I don't blame players when they get hurt. And Barkley has been hurt for a big chunk of this season. Both those guys, when they're healthy, can still play, though. So you think that there's a chance that the Giants might hit a little bit of a reset button here and move on from arguably their two best offensive players. Yeah, I I will say I did write all of this before this weekend of games. The funny thing about the NFL is that one week of games can really change how a team attacks the deadline. Just a single game just completely changes your season, or at least the way you think about your season internally. Um, You know, we're probably going to have another example of that uh, when we get into another team later. But really, it seems like Barkley isn't going anywhere at the deadline. He says he doesn't want to go, and the Giants leaks that they have no plans to trade him. Uh, Like I said, getting a win this week probably also creates some level of internal optimism that they can still save this season, even though I think we would both agree that they almost certainly can't. Yeah. Um, Maybe an embarrassing loss to the Jets this week would change their plans. Uh, Seems unlikely, but in that case, I would keep an eye on teams like the Ravens and, you know, even the Rams who are always super aggressive with player trades, even when perhaps they shouldn't be. Although this year, I would argue it might actually make sense. But yeah, I'm expecting him to stay and see if the two sides can work out some sort of long-term deal after they paid the wrong guy last (laughs) offseason. I was going to say that, yeah. Yeah, and Waller's kind of the same thing. It it seems really unlikely, especially coming off his best game of the season. But I will say, as things were falling apart early for the Giants and Waller wasn't having his expected impact in the offense, again, to no fault of his own, I couldn't help but think back to the fact that the Dolphins were in talks to trade for him before last season when he was still in the Raiders. You know, adding a tight end of his caliber to that offense would be as fun as it gets in terms of deadline deals. You know, one way or the other, I think the Dolphins are probably a team to watch because they understand this is their window. They can go for it. You know, they had that uh, Jalen Ramsey trade in the offseason. They got Bradley Chubb last year. They even you know, traded for Chase Claypool uh, a couple weeks ago. We don't know whether he's going to be playing 
receiver, some sort of tight end hybrid. But the whole idea is that they're going to be an aggressive team. So I wouldn't rule out another move for them. Waller would obviously be the most fun. Um, but like you said, I, I think the Giants are probably unlikely to move these guys, but you never know what this weekend's going to bring. And I can't imagine if Waller got dealt to Miami, what would happen on Twitter? Because there were people going crazy. Gronk did an interview like a week or two ago, and he commented that it'd be really fun going back and playing yeah. for the Dolphins, and people went nuts about that. So yeah. if Waller went to that offense, uh, Twitter would explode, I'm sure. Uh, now, these next two teammates we're going to discuss They've been rumored to be on the trade market, like going back into the summer, maybe even back into the spring. So that's Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton on the Broncos and Denver's offense. They really haven't found their identity yet under Sean Payton. They got a lot of young guys that I think deserve more playing time too, like Marvin Mims. We would love to see him get some more work in that offense. Can't really get any more snaps. It's so weird. All the comments that Sean Payton makes that they need to get him more work and then they still don't do it regardless Judy has been making more headlines for like chirping with Steve Smith on the sidelines yeah. <laughs> pregame than he actually is for making any plays on the field yeah. this season. So it wouldn't shock me at all if at least one, maybe both of these guys get traded. And this is another one of those teams that surprisingly got a win last week. And we don't know how that's going to change things for them. But what makes you think that these guys are going to get moved? I mean, just looking at what the Broncos have done this year or what they haven't done, it only makes sense for them to kind of tear it down and start over. Now, I will say on the other side, you know, the Broncos came into the season with so much hype. Sean Payton was ready to turn this team around. He criticized last year's coaching staff, kind of making it seem like he was going to be the savior. It might be a little tough for him to turn around and just sell all his players. That's maybe why we haven't seen any of it yet. That said, this team isn't going anywhere. It would make sense to trade at least one, if not both of Judy and Sutton. In terms of teams that were would be available or would be interested in these kind of receivers, you could run down a list of contenders. You know, we talked about the Chiefs. There's there's a bunch more playoff teams that could use that extra guy on the outside. But I think it's also worth talking about the Panthers who have been linked to some sort of receiver upgrade to address the supporting cast around Bryce Young. It wouldn't be the most you know, conventional move doing this when you're 0-5 and going to be hard-pressed to win a game this year, but they're so set on building around Bryce Young, and frankly, they've done a terrible job of uh, setting him up for early success. It might make sense for them to go get a receiver, and honestly, at this point, just go get both of Judy and Sutton. Why not? At least it would clear <laughs> space for Marvin Mims and Denver. That's what we all want, right? That's, I mean, fantasy-wise, that is certainly what we want. Yeah, Marvin Mims should get his shot. He's arguably been, you know, if not the best receiver in that offense this year, the second best receiver, and he's barely yeah. playing out there. So it, it would be interesting to see what he could do if he was getting full-time snaps. The last set of teammates that I want to talk about, it's two Patriots, you know, wide out Kendrick Bourne, tight end Hunter Henry. The funny part about all these teams is another team that got a win last week. They beat my Bills, right? How does that change things for the Patriots' outlook on the season? You know, could they potentially reconsider selling anybody off before the deadline? Probably not. I mean, all these last three yeah. teams that got these wins, they're two and five, right? So they're extreme long shots to make the playoffs. But regardless, yeah. Bourne and, and Henry, 
they aren't the sexiest names for fantasy or in real life, but they're quality NFL players and they've each had fantasy success at different points in their careers. Maybe not so much this year consistently, but there's certainly been some games early in the season. Henry was producing and Bourne keeps popping up here and there with a big game. So uh, what's your outlook for them in terms of being you know possible trade pieces this week? Yeah, Bourne hasn't been the most productive receiver over his three years in New England, but I think we all understand what's gone on in New England over that time, so we can't give him all the blame uh, given the state of that offense. He's actually been quite good the last two weeks especially, which might work out well for the Patriots if they're looking to sell. Um, he's always been a good route runner. He's got inside out versatility. Uh, the The fit that comes to mind for me is uh, I think a reunion with the 49ers would make a lot of sense. They could use some depth behind Debo, uh, who was out for a couple weeks, and Brandon Ayuk. Um, that might be a perfect fit in terms of uh, playoff contenders out there. And then Henry, he's in the last year of his three-year contract that he signed in that uh, as part of that big free agent haul in 2021. I imagine the Patriots would probably like to re-sign him, considering he's been their most consistent target for much of that stretch. Again, it's not saying much, but <laughs> I would say that there's probably still more value in them just tearing the offense down and getting whatever draft picks you can at this point. Um, the whole thing's been a mess. So in terms of landing spots there, and especially fantasy relevant ones, the Bengals really stand out to me. Uh, they've gotten absolutely nothing out of Herb Smith Jr. since adding him as a free agent. And a reliable middle of the field target could really help out what has been a shockingly bad offense so far. Yeah, that would be a good real life addition. For fantasy, I don't think we want to see many tight ends go to that offense because well, we're pretty, yeah. good, we're pretty <laughs> good receivers fantasy wise. Certainly not going to get much, much production unless one of those guys is hurt. And we saw T. Higgins get hurt and still Irv Smith really didn't do much in the offense this year. So, yeah, I don't know that that would be the best spot for fantasy, but it would be a smart move if the Bengals could get him. Uh, The last guy that I want to talk to you about, maybe this one is the most topical. Maybe we should have started with this guy after the game he had last night. The Vikings get the win over the 49ers. Kirk Cousins helps them get there. Still playing at a high level, still the same old Kirk, though. I mean, he's going to have these high points, and then he's going to have some really baffling, you know, down games, often on the road, often on grass. But contract-wise, this would make a lot of sense to move on from him, unless the Vikings are going to be another one of these squads that gets that win and then actually tries to stay in the playoff hunt. We'll see what happens there. I do know that there are a lot of good teams out there that have strong rosters all around, and they're just missing that veteran quarterback. So what's your take on Cousins as a trade candidate? Like you said, this article, it went up before that <sighs> game last night. So obviously a lot could have changed in the last 24 hours. But, you know, what do you think is going to happen there? Will he get dealt? And if he does get dealt, you know, where could he go? Yeah, just the possibility that a solid borderline top 10, 12 quarterback could be traded had to put him in the top spot on this list. And do we want it to happen? Yes. Should it happen? Honestly, probably. The Vikings could get a mid-round pick that they could use to help rebuild next year when it seems like he's going to be leaving as a free agent anyway. But I think we can safely rule this one out now. Uh, Cousins made it clear he wasn't going to waive his no-trade clause. And frankly, it was always a little difficult to envision a team dumping its starting quarterback at the deadline, even if it would have been the smart move. And then, like you said, the Vikings went out and beat the 49ers last night. Kind of raising the possibility that this team is a whole lot better than the record shows so far. So unfortunately for those of us who really enjoy trades, that might lead to their most interesting trade chips staying put. And that includes other guys like Daniil Hunter. 
But at the very least, it was fun to consider whether a team like the Jets, for example, could make an in-season move for Cousins. Uh, I guess they'll just have to hope they can stay alive with Zach Wilson and that Aaron Rodgers somehow makes this unprecedented return that he keeps hinting at. Yeah, I keep hoping the the Falcons are a team that could go out and get a quarterback from somebody, but I don't know yeah. if it's going to happen. Somehow they keep winning these games and they keep riding with Desmond Ritter. I don't know why. He's obviously not the answer there, but yeah. maybe we'll have to wait till the offseason before they actually make a move. I have a couple Superflex and uh, you know two QB leagues where I'm still stashing Taylor Heineke because I think at some point they might have to turn to him, but uh, yeah, think. it doesn't seem like Cousins is going to be the guy who goes there. Yeah. And then the other thing to note, too, with the Vikings getting that win last night, and this has some fantasy ramifications as well, is they get that win. That increases the odds that Justin Jefferson could come back later in the year, right? There was talk that if they were losing, if they were out of the playoff hunt, that maybe Jefferson would just sit out the season. And we don't know the recovery timeline for that injury yet, but if they can get a few wins while he's out then I think we are going to see Jefferson back. And I'm sure fantasy managers will be very happy about that because if Jefferson can return for that stretch run, that could help put some teams over the top and potentially come away with fantasy titles by the end of the year. But that is all for today's show. Uh, make sure to check out Wilkins' full big board, all those write-ups, 25 players who could be traded before the deadline. That's available over at The Score. And like we said, it's not just the ones we talked about today. There's lots more in there. There's some defensive players in there too. You should also be reading Wilkie's key takeaways column every Sunday night or maybe Monday morning, depending on when you go to bed on Sunday. And give him a follow on Twitter, x at underscore Dan Wilkins. Dude, always fun having you on. You know I appreciate you making some time for us. We got to go to lunch again soon too. I mean, I don't want to give out any free sponsorships here, but... I haven't been to that barbecue place near me in a while, so I think it might be time to hit it up again. Let's do it. Let's work out something next week. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Before we go, just a reminder, uh, my week eight waiver wire column, that's updated over at The Score. If you're still making those waiver decisions, I got you covered there. The first edition of my week eight rankings, that'll be up later today. Maybe it's already published, depending when you're listening to this. If it's Tuesday night or Wednesday, just go over to the score. Those will be up there. And I'll be back tomorrow with another guest joining me. We'll preview week eight. But until then, big thanks again to Wilkie. Big thanks to all you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby. Said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight. Said leave on time.